0: Hi, I'm Gertrude Keesley, and this is Kingdom Consciousness. Jesus said, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come, Matthew 24, 14. Before Jesus returns to set up his kingdom in its final form, the gospel of the kingdom must be extended throughout the nations of the world. In order to preach the gospel of the kingdom, we as kingdom citizens must understand the kingdom of God. Before we can become custodian to the keys of the kingdom, we must first experience kingdom living. In the past, much emphasis has been placed on the life and ministry of the king of the kingdom. Jesus Christ, and rightly so. But not enough emphasis has been given to the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus told the religious leaders of his time, ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer them that are entering to go in Matthew twenty three thirteen. It was this gospel of the kingdom that was the central purpose of Christ's life. He began his earthly ministry by declaring the arrival of the kingdom. That's You can find that in Matthew 4.17. He ended his earthly ministry by speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom, Acts 1 and 3. In between the beginning and ending of his earthly ministry, the emphasis was on the kingdom. Luke 4.43 says, and he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore I am sent. The kingdom of God was the greatest concern of Jesus. His teachings and parables focused on the kingdom. His miracles were a demonstration of the kingdom of God in action. The phrases kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven are used over a hundred times in the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We will explore the distinctions between these two. We are told to seek first the kingdom to pray for it and to preach it. We are told how to enter the kingdom and taught that residency in it requires a new lifestyle. God is equipping his citizens to become kingdom minded so that we can understand the business of the kingdom. We are sons and daughters of the king. Everything about us is royalty, but we must first adopt the mind of Christ in order to understand what that actually means. We cannot have a poverty mindset and expect to grasp the reality of how much God desires for us to prosper. But there is a greater purpose than just understanding kingdom principles. Citizens must go beyond mere knowledge of the kingdom to actually experience it and make it the central purpose of our living. So I invite you to come and go with me as we explore this most exciting, interesting and eye-opening subject. God bless you, Gertrude Keesley. Kingdom Consciousness. Today we're going to be talking about living a kingdom life. Kingdom living is at the core of Jesus' teaching. You've heard me say that before. This principle has taken me almost a lifetime to realize and understand. Jesus is not about my being good so I can get into heaven and avoid hell. He's not about a desert virtue that will make me more spiritual. He's about living a kingdom life here and now to honor and glorify God. One of the most difficult and yet it's most important aspects of kingdom living has to do with the simplification of life as we become more kingdom conscious we must learn to let go of some of the attachments to life one writer suggests that to pray and really mean that kingdom come we must be able to say my kingdom go (laughs) he says that most christians split our loyalties between god and caesar and you know he may be right furthermore letting Earth's kingdoms go is not easy, especially in a highly charged, ever frenzied, get-ahead, consumer-driven world. And if we do let go, we think about things like, well, how can I manage to pay off consumer debts, student loans, mortgages, things that come due regularly? How do we pay utility bills and car payments? And how do I dress appropriately for church? And how do I, we complete uh, on behalf of our children, compete with the parents who um, offer his or her child a birthday party with 25 kids at Chuck E. Cheese? Do we realize that living simply is the way most people have lived since the beginning of humanity? Those of us who live in the most prosperous and affluent time in human life have all kinds of problems recognizing this. The only answer may be to try to model some smaller examples. For example, a simpler observance of Christmas, a process that is disciplined and intentional, a practice effort, to consume less, knowing the difference between what I want and what I need. A determination to spend some small but significant blocks of time in works of mercy. Hallelujah. Think about it, pray about it. Look to Jesus for an example and inspiration. Reread the Sermon on the Mount. Try it, even with some Fear and trembling. Teach it. Preach it. Model even some small bits of this. Suggest it along the way. It may lead to a new freedom to truly live. This is exactly the case that Jesus makes and part of what he meant when he taught us to pray, Thy kingdom come. Luke twelve thirty one through 34 says, there will your heart be also. Now, you know that's an um, in, in English translation. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. The kingdom of God belongs to the righteous. and righteousness is founded and established in Christ alone. Now, if Jesus Christ lives in us, then the kingdom belongs to us As well doesn't that make sense but do we live a kingdom life do i live a kingdom life what is such an existence it's your father's good pleasure to give you and me his kingdom god wants us to live a rich and satisfied life in fact it's the reason that jesus came to give his life and reestablish a right relationship between God and his people. So we must seek that which is given to us. We must become more aware of what the kingdom has to offer. We must make it a passionate pursuit to receive the fullness of what God has given to us in his kingdom. But how do we do that? Where? God's kingdom is not a house. Or an inhabitable dwelling, his kingdom begins in the heart of the human, overtaking the soul, changing our mind and engaging in a lifestyle of faith and confident hope, not in what we see, but completely in who we believe. Oh my gosh! Listen what Ephesians three fourteen to nineteen say. to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Wow. The fullness of God is his love. He's our first love. The Father loves us in our unlovable condition and consumes us with his love. He doesn't give us a portion of his extravagant love. He gives us all of the all-consuming and completeness of his love through his son, Jesus Christ. We are the fickle hearts and wavering mind that choose to love him one day and leave him the next. It's never God's will or way to abandon us to our own devices, but he continually pursues us with unfailing love and goodness. It is his desire to live in relationship with us. So even on our worst days, new mercies, mm, is waiting for us, my Lord, my, 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 my. His grace is enough. It's sufficient. The power within us is the Holy Spirit who is the guarantor of God's faithfulness to us. He identifies us as God's children. He establishes kingdom power and authority in us. To be rooted and grounded in the love of God is the starting point of a miraculous and prosperous life and a beginning of our heightened awareness of the kingdom. To allow Christ to dwell in our heart and mind to the point that through faith, nothing is ever impossible again because we are overtaken and consumed by his love for us. Nothing can ever separate us from the love of God again. Do you you believe that today? you will never establish a kingdom lifestyle outside of the complete confidence that God's love for you is complete and all-consuming. Hebrew 12, 28 and 29, therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. And then we see in Matthew 16, 18, and 19, he said, and I tell you, you are Peter, Jesus talking to Peter, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose in earth, shall be loosed in heaven. He has our backs. The revelation of Jesus Christ is life-changing. It's the moment that we decide that Christ is who he said that he is in our heart and mind. The keys to the kingdom are obtained. It's not anything we do, but completely based on what we believe. Do you believe? Jesus asked Peter, but who do you? You say that I am. And when Peter announced with heartfelt conviction, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, everything changed. Peter would go on to make many mistakes, but that didn't limit the kingdom power bestowed in that moment. Jesus did build his church on Peter, the rock, the firm foundation of faith that believed that God is for us. The cornerstone of faith, Jesus provided everything we need as a perfect sacrifice who gave us access to all of God, the Father, and fills us with his spirit. The moment of reconciliation when our mind, soul, and body agree that he is Christ, Christ in us. This is the point when everything changes for those who believe, really believe. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be down in heaven, here we go. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. The revelation of Christ is personal. We own it. No one can take it or apportion our faith, blessings or promises for themselves. It belonged to us. It's our inheritance. God's investment in us is to be used for us and others. It can't be taken. Therefore, the need for comparison and competition fades in the shadow of complete confidence in Christ Jesus. Amen. Agreement brings unity and produces miracles, signs, and wonders as Christ is in our midst. Every kingdom has a king, a ruler, or authority in command. Ours is Christ Jesus. But the enemy wants us to unseat Jesus from his throne inside of us and allow pride to climb back up. There is nothing God wants or needs us to do. He just wants us. He is consumed with passionate love for us that is all consuming. The conflict of confidence is created by doubt. To disbelieve that God's love is complete and his kingdom within us, we must believe that the the word of God will never, never, never fail. We must plant our feet on the foundation of Jesus Christ and take a stand. He must remain on the throne of our life to be the king of our kingdoms. Will you allow the Holy Spirit to clean house today? To remove the lesser things held onto in fear of the power and preeminence of Jesus Christ, our King? To sow seeds in the void left behind and pour healing oil over battle scars and wounds of the past. Let him wash away all fear, stress, and anxiety to replace it with confidence in God's love and power today. Speak the word of God over yourself and situation today. I agree with you in Jesus' name that his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven.